Right, last Thursday we talked about the the three sections of, of training and the importance of getting focused. And of course we can continually look to the external milieu, the world, the reality, and um, see how there seems to be a concerted effort to create upsetness. Uh, it's not just a matter of what's happening in the world that is more or less natural, but it, it seems to be aggravated by people's intent to make it even more agitated and aggrieved. And so it's important for us who can to begin to really create within themselves that stillness and peace so that they can then give that to the world so that they can be a part of that stillness and peace that they want the world to be. And for no other reason than to be examples to our families and our neighbors and our communities that it is possible in the midst of suffering and confusion to be still. And this will encourage others to begin to um, go deeper in their own practice, whatever that might be. Uh, all of the practices work. All of the wisdom paths work. It's just that there are not enough people practicing them. So, it is my uh, focus today to stoke the fire of desire. Now, I know that doesn't seem to be congruent with uh, what the uh, the Dharma is and what the Buddha taught, but that there is a desire that's necessary, a desire to to convert the defilements of mind into something stable and, and presentable to the world and to ourselves. Uh, does does anyone other than you know what either the five precepts are, or how many how many different groupings are there? Do you know? Okay, of the precepts or the or the guiding principles. Okay, so for instance, we're talking about virtue now, but if you don't know what even the first five are then how can you employ them to guide you, to govern you? Right? So, again, five precepts. Anyone? Yes, yes, I do. I want you to share with us. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So that everyone hear those five, right? 
Now, these five are usually and most often offered to the lay Sangha. There's also eight precepts that are offered to the lay Sangha and to Samanaras or novice nuns to take uh, as a start. Um, I'm not going to talk about the eight other than the fact that they include, or the eight includes uh, celibacy, and that's why I'm, I'm not going to talk about the eight. I know that's it's too much for most people to, to deal with. Um, dancing and going to public shows uh, and also um, wearing jewelry and adornments. So that's the eight precepts. And then, of course, there are the ten guidelines, which we speak on every time we open our session. And so the first thing I'd just like to do is for everyone just to take a moment to reflect on which which of those they feel they can be guided by and to walk in. Because you've got to make a decision. The first thing is to make a decision about what it is that you know or you want to use as a moral or virtuous guideline for yourself. It's important to, um, in my opinion, it's important to make that decision to examine and say, well, which of these can I truly live by? And it's not necessarily at this point that you are living by them, but that you have the intention to live by them. Because then it will put it on your mind. And, 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 And when you find yourself getting angry or when you find yourself using harsh speech, the fact that you have committed to not doing that will be a mindful expression of which road you want to take. It'll cause you to halt for a moment and ask yourself, do I really want to do this? Now, I think that, In my opinion, you should also establish a commitment to reciting the precepts that you said you were going to follow every day. Now, you know, when we were back in the Christian theology, we would call them prayer. You know, we're saying our prayers. We're, we're reminding ourselves of what we, we're committing to. And I think it's necessary to do that to keep refreshing ourselves that this is what I want to do. This is how I want to be in the world. I don't want to be of the world. I want to be in the world in a way that promotes harmony and peace. And by, if, if you choose the five, by reciting those every day, every morning, every evening, it's, it's that 
establishing of mindfulness that that causes us to reach for that thing that we've always reached for and then go, no, 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 I said I wasn't going to do that anymore. The more we remind ourselves of that, the more we're able to let go of what we habitually grab onto that causes issues and problems in our lives and in the world and in our communities and in our families. So, ultimately, the practice of the precepts, whichever number of precepts you choose to live with and work with, will help you to diminish the presence of the defilements and also the hindrances. So it has a a natural way of helping us to clean our consciousness, to wash our minds so that the mind will be pure in spite of, again, in spite of what might be happening out here in the world. This, this is the thing. We've always talked about the fact that we're never going to change what's happening in Samsara, in the world. That's a given. It's a classroom. It's a school. If, if, if that were going to change, it would already have been changed. I mean, we've had many enlightened masters who have walked the earth before we, we came here this time. It would have already been cleaned up if it was possible. But that's not, in my opinion, that's not the intent. The intent is to, the gift is to always have choices. If, if the only choice we had was to be good, it'd be kind of boring. So you have choices. You can be good, you can be bad, you can be nothing. But in that space, for all of us, there's, again, the choice. I can choose. Do I want to do this or do I want to do that? Do I want to be this kind of person? Do I want to be that kind of person? We would not know which kind of person we'd want to be without examples of their karma, you know. If we had to touch the stove every time we found we wanted to find out what was hot, mm -mm. no, that wouldn't work. But in looking to others and seeing them bump their heads up against the stone wall and saying, well, I don't think I have to do that. And we, we can learn something, or we do learn something from the behaviors of others. So, and it's not, it's not, um, It's no reflection on you to choose the five, the, the lowest number. That's the point. They, these five will get you by. They will get you by and they will bring you peace. And they will also, well, for lots of people, what will happen is, and what has happened, 
is that they choose the five. They argue with the fifth one, though. They don't, they don't, they reluctantly embrace the fifth one, which is dealing with intoxicants that cloud the mind. Because the, the, the question always is, well, what harm does, you know, one drink, one cocktail, one glass of wine do? I don't know. It depends upon the person. You know, some people can drink 10 glasses without any apparent problem, and some people can drink one glass and really get stupid. So again, it depends upon the person. But we in the West have a lot of trouble with that fifth one. But as it was expressed by Sadama, the, the fifth one says, after you've worked really hard at doing the other four, why do something that causes you to loosen your grip on your own discipline? You know, you work really hard at that. You're getting good at that. And then you take a drink that causes you to lose your mind all over again. So that's the reason why. Of course, we're not even going to talk about the 227 precepts or the 318, 311. I haven't haven't figured that one out. You know, why you guys got that deal? Yeah, I know, but it's it's still seemingly kind of unbalanced. Yeah. If anything, we knuckleheads need the three three hundred and eleven, and you guys need the two twenty seven. All right. So uh, I'm hoping that uh, all of you will give a serious thought to. Uh, the expressions of virtue as voiced or presented through the precepts. Make a decision about which group you want to adopt or carry in your wallet. And then make that effort, that, that effort to always Be prompted by and guided by the precepts that you say you want to walk in. And it's not, you know, again, I think the the dilemma maybe in the different wisdom paths is that there are seemingly special days to observe them, you know, usually Sunday. You know, when when you're when you're in your synagogue or your church and or your masjid and you're sort of getting close to them, getting close to this desire to to be wholesome and non toxic. Even the eight are are given for special days out of the month. But Whichever ones you choose, my recommendation is to hold them close to you every day, reminding yourself every day that this is what you promised the world you're going to act like. 
and then commit and hold to that promise. Because, again, the world needs all of us in in our best state of mind. Are there any questions about the precepts? And are there any questions about which ones, if any, that you want to uh, embrace? You know, all of this tells us something about ourselves. if, If we are saying... Yeah, you know, I want to come to Dharma talks, but I don't want to embrace any precepts. Then you, then you know something about yourself. And the point is, don't waste your time. Or more importantly, if one path or one practice doesn't inspire, inspire you to be the best that you can be, the best person that you can be, then my recommendation is to continue to investigate the wisdom paths to find the one that does motivate you, that does stir the fire under your pot. That's what they're there for. They're not, they're not there to divide us. I mean, that's what they're used for, but that's not what they're there for. They're there to give us these different roads to enlightenment. And the kindness of the masters who devised them gives us more than one way to do it. Because we would all be in trouble if we only had one way. One one way to get there. Yes, Michelle. Yeah, because we don't have any problem with with doing. You know, it's it's what it's it's the, the same question. They say, well, you know, why do they always talk about suffering? Well, it's because happiness isn't a problem. It's suffering that's a problem. So it's it's the things that we shouldn't do is the problem, not the things that we can do. Now, of course, you can certainly change the wording. So, I will protect human life and all life, all sentient beings, in all of the days that I have left on the earth. Thou should not kill. Same, same thing, different wording, right? So, so if it motivates you more freely or more deeply to to stay on the positive side of the expression. You know, I won't I won't touch, I won't take anything that doesn't belong to me. That works. So good question. Um, I'm discovering that the thing that gives gives me the least amount of peace is my impatience. Okay. And that's the one thing that I need to work on. And it's impatience with just what you said at the very beginning, how our world has changed. And um, you you find yourself putting up with things that you never had to put up with before. And 
I don't have the patience um, to be as kind as I would like to be in dealing with what's going on. Um, you know, small ways, you know, trying to get something fixed instead of it's spending a minute and a half on the phone, you're spending 45 minutes. That kind of impatience makes me not peaceful. And that's the kind of stuff that, um, I mean, I don't even know where that fits in. Well, it fits in because, or it, it fits in this way, that what we find irritates us, aggravates, aggravates us, causes us to be angry, causes us to be fearful. That's the thing that is, it's not about the outside thing, it's about the inside thing. It's about us, it's not about it. And so when I find myself being irritated or angry at you, then I realize that, whoa, this is where I've got to practice because I don't want to be angry at Phyllis. You know, so it's, it's about staying on the phone and listening to the, the elevator music and breathing and making sure that you do not allow to arise any aggravation or irritation toward that sitting still in that chair and waiting for the person to come on the line. I mean, it drives me crazy when they say, thank you for being so patient. And I'm saying, but I'm not patient. Yeah, I know. And, you I know. Know, and then another five minutes goes by, and thanks for your patience. And yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah, We'll I'm be just, with you as soon as we can. Um, I mean, I make a joke out of it, but it, it just... No, it's for you and it's for us, whatever whatever the aggravation is, whatever the item is that I trip over, that's for me to know that that's the one I've got to work on. It's, it, and, it, and it, you know, the reason it happens to you so often is because you need to work on it. And it's for you to outfox it by becoming okay with it. What else would you rather do than get your thing fixed? Okay? That, that's what you're there to do. You're there to get it fixed. Now, however long it takes to do that, that's how long it takes to do that. That's the way it is. That's the way of the moment. And again, remember that the reason we suffer is not because we're sitting on the phone listening to the prompts. The reason we suffer is because we don't want to sit on the phone listening to the prompts. When I just realize that this is what i got to do, what else do I have to do today? It's very fortunate. I can, I can think of other things that I might have to do, but... Really, I don't really have to do any of those things because right now I'm sitting on the phone waiting for a repairman or a service person or a customer representative to pick up the other end of the line and help me with my situation, which I can't do myself. So I need this person. I can't get impatient with the person that I need or I shouldn't because they're really going to help me with something that I obviously can't do myself. Now, what irritates us more than anything else is when they say, is it plugged in? <laughs> oh, my goodness. 
Yeah. Well, I think I'm getting a little better because today I said I really feel sorry for these people in other countries that are trying to make sense of, you know, to, to understand what they need to do. So I kind of cut this person a little slack because she was really trying to figure this out. And I said, you know something, this is really hard for her. So that's like a little, great. A little great. bit of a break. Great, so I great, yeah. great, great, great. Keep, keep, continue to be mindful of that progress. And, and just as you cut some slack for the person on the other end of the phone, wherever they might be in the world, trying to understand how you speak, trying to understand what your problem is, cut yourself a little slack too. Remind yourself that I'm getting better at this, which means I'm getting more skillful because I'm getting more practice. You know, and, and every time you pick up the phone to dial them, say, I hope it takes a lot of time. <laughs> I want to get better at this. <laughs> mm, okay. All right. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Panyawani? I think there's another way we can also approach it. Um, Panyadeepa has a way of being able to talk about this in a very humorous and humorous and relaxing way because he's chosen not to sign on for a lot of things. But when you have signed on for it and then you have to keep your commitments, um, you in real time, not just thinking about good ways to be. Um, and I think about the Buddha when he was in severe pain and people had come to hear him talk and, uh, and he wanted, uh, to support their, uh, their effort at being better, being more. But sometimes it was too much for him, and he turned to Ananda and said, "Here, you give him a dumb talk while I lay down and rest my rest my back, or something like that." And so, people talk about uh, vipassana or insight, and how you know every time that you're in meditation, like you're like reaching for these great insights into the nature of reality and how things are and all of that. But there's another aspect to um, meditation that we overlook. It's like the refreshment that comes uh, in dipping your toe into the nothingness and knowing where that spot is so that when the somethings start to get too much, you can turn your mind and go to that spot for a minute and recalibrate. And uh, and so I think it's important for us, you know, it's not taught that much in, in the West, you know, cause everything is about whatever enhances our knowing, whatever enhances our brain, our intellect, that sort of thing. But what we all need is to find that spot, that sweet spot, that still spot where everything just falls flat. The power goes out of everything to, uh, to agitate, to a- agitate us. So, so part of the meditation practice is finding that spot where the self drops away. There is that place. And when we know where it is, we can go to it and it becomes a, a relief for us, a recalibration, and then we can start over again. So when temperature starts rising, we start getting a, l- a little quick. Like somebody calls you at six o'clock in the morning and says, are you asleep? And then they and they want to talk about something that we could talk about at ten o'clock, not six a.m. You know, 
And I'm saying, no, I don't mind the conversation. It just doesn't have to take place at six. And then stepping back for a minute and saying, that's all right, you know, and, uh, and working with that, remembering what, where that spot is, where everything, I can handle everything. You know, and when I find that spot, then I come back and I can speak to that person with kindness because I recalibrated myself. Not now, I'm not expecting anything from them. Matter of fact, bring it on because I found my still spot. So that's that's a part of the practice. Uh, that was my next Dharma talk. So. <laughs> <laughs> We were just talking about virtue. <laughs> and um, how to keep the humor in the moment when you don't have that, that deep background yet. So next Thursday, you guys don't have to come. Yes, Bobby. I was just going to say that coming to the Dharma Talks, one of the things that's helped me is the mindfulness practice with the meditation. Mm. Uh, if I do my work in the morning like that, I'm usually better prepared as I go through the day. Mm. And um, and when I'm on hold on the phone, which used to make me crazy too, still does sometimes, but most of the time I'm able to catch myself and say, as you were saying, you know, the suffering is because of me mm. is because of how I'm thinking about this is because of the story I'm telling myself mm. about this isn't right. They should do a better job than this. They shouldn't be on hold this long. This is ridiculous. And I get myself all worked up. It isn't the event. Mm. It is me. Mm. And when I can do that, then I can usually get centered again and relax a little bit. It's an mm. opportunity to meditate. It's an opportunity. <laughs> To that sweet spot, that that space that meditation takes us to, then I wouldn't have to come back and try to work with the agitation of my mind. The minute I went on hold, I go right to that spot. So That's it true. gives us hacks That's that true. we can bypass the rationalization. The rationalization is if you can't just take it on face value and be there, you have to rationalize it. Then he has that teaching for that too. That's true. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you don't have a good time, what's the point? What's the point? You know, to be able to laugh and be okay with it all is what we're talking about. All right. So everybody's. I see everybody's got this this very slight smile on their faces. You know. Like they, they really want to let it go, but they, well, I'm in the Dom Hall, so I've got to kind of, yeah, you can grin. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, let's get to the part that Panyawadi was talking about. Let's, let's start to go inside and instill ourselves and, and, and find that, that still place, that, that quiet place, that, that empty place, that, place where nothing bothers you because you're not there. That's why you're not bothered. 
because you are no longer present. And that's why it works so well. As long as there's still a me, I'm going to be bothered by you every once in a while. Even when I can work through it, the me, the ego, is going to be bothered because it's, this is just insane. I shouldn't have to do this. I've got more important things to do. All of the conversations that self has with self. But as Panyawadi was explaining, there is a place inside where we If we can let go of the self, if we can let go of the ego, we can drop into it. We can't go there as ourselves, though. It, we're not welcome there as ourselves. Because we're troublemakers. We're impatient. We're angry. We want it to be a certain way. Whatever heaven we find, we would want to re- rearrange it and change it all around. Move the harp over here and move the angels to the other side. <laughs> so that's why we're not welcome, and that's why we have to lose the self in order to find some peace. So, the nutriment, the, the food that the, the um, staple that helps us to reduce or to reduce the desire to be toxic, the that develops and nurtures the ability to have the energy to resist wrongdoing, the mindfulness that will then conduce, be conducive to good meditation or good concentration is the four Brahma-Viharas, loving-kindness, compassion, altruism, and the equanimity. So it's important that we also work the exercises for those four because they will, they will strengthen, they will they will strengthen us. They will diminish the defilements within us and cause us to get quicker and become more stable at the game of peace. So, in addition to developing your ability to become still and concentrated, you also want to remember sometime during the day to work with one of the Brahmaviharas. And the one that you should work on is the one that you find um, addresses the issue that you encounter most often in your life. Impatience. Well, you know, Impatience is is the beginning of something. It is 
rage peeking out. You know, so when we talk about impatience, we're also talking about irritation. And this, this is the beginning of anger. This is the beginning of rage. It's on the same timeline. It's just we express it differently, but it's on the same timeline. And it's the same thing. It's just in, in this baby stage. So, of course, that would be loving kindness. So one of the things that we could do, one of the things that we could do while we're waiting for them to come on the line is, is send them that love. Send them that kindness, you know, hoping that they're not being exploited by the companies that they work for. Hope that they're they're making a decent wage, that they have a good health plan, that they don't have a Republican Senate. Okay. So, pick, yes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Panyuwadi knows that too. Yeah, yeah. She cautions us about that often. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. Okay. So, anyway, pick the one you want, whether it's the Brahma Viharas or looking at your breath or working with other parts of the body, whether it be the elements or the foulness of the body. Uh, But at this point in your development, if you are not seeing light and form, I would suggest that you stay with the body, whether it be the breath Again, whether it be the elements or whether it be the foulness of the body, but stay with the body. The body is easier to find than consciousness. The body is easier to find than feeling. But this body is pretty gross. Well, gross gross in that gross sense, but also gross in the fact that it's coarse. It's it's thick. You can't miss it. Okay. In the path of purification, uh, the Vasudhi Maga, there's a a section that talks about obstructions to concentration. And as Panyuwadi indicated, it's all about busyness. Whether it's you being busy, or whether it's you being in a place that's busy. These are things that, these are places and situations that it's very difficult to be still in the midst of. So, be careful with that. And, uh, Thank you all. May all beings be liberated from suffering. May we be well. May we be happy. May we be peaceful. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for listening. 
To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.